I love putting systems and processes in place, but I know it's not a sexy thing to do. And especially when you could spend your time focusing on something more fun, like marketing or even sales. But I'll tell you what is sexy and it's having your life be easier and being able to monetize more, which both can be accomplished if you have the proper systems mm -hmm. and processes in place. To me, why it's so crucial and important is that having proper systems and processes make your life easier. It gives you your time back. This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life, exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence, persuasion, and getting others to say yes, and then taking an insight or two to help you achieve even greater things. I want to start today's episode with a quote from T. Harv Ecker, and I'm slightly paraphrasing here, but to change your results, you must change your systems. Success is merely a series of systems working together, end quote. Yet oftentimes putting systems in place may not sound sexy, but it sure does make life a lot easier. So I'm delighted to welcome Chelsea Brinkley, an in-demand consultant for entrepreneurs who want to get their systems and processes on track and more organized. Chelsea and I met in a mastermind we're both part of, and I immediately felt a sense of kinship, another entrepreneur that truly understands the value of having systems in place. So Chelsea, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I think this podcast episode is a, such a long time coming. Being busy entrepreneurs, it's been a while to get it scheduled, but I think mm -hmm. today's episode will be really, really powerful for our listeners as we dive into the value of systems and Maybe to set the context for this episode, why do you believe it's crucial for entrepreneurs to have systems in place, even if it's decidedly unsexy, than maybe other aspects of running a business? Yeah, that's a great question. So I know systems aren't sexy. I may be passionate about them and like, I love putting systems and processes in place, but I know it's not a sexy thing to do. And especially when you could spend your time focusing on something like more fun, like marketing or even sales, which seems to be like the sexier aspect of business. But I'll tell you what is sexy and it's having you know, your life be easier and being able to monetize more, which both can be accomplished if you have the proper systems mm -hmm. and processes in place. That is, I think to me, why it's so crucial and important is that having proper systems and processes make your life easier. It gives you your time back. You know, when something is running in the background for you or you have a process for how the workflow should be, it gives you so much more of your time back. It stops that feeling of being overwhelmed and stressed of, wait, did I do that? Did I send that yeah. for the client? Or I can't remember if I did. If there's mm -hmm. a process in place that's getting accomplished. So it really makes your life so much easier having plans in place and it helps you monetize more, which don't hate that. And it's because if you have a system in place, things are again running in the background you're able and freed up to do what only you can do in your business, which is mm -hmm. likely the thing that brings in more cash flow. Yeah, and I think processes and systems is probably the prerequisites to even hiring and delegating because if you hire a VA, great, but then the VA says, well, what do you have me do? And then if you yeah. don't have a process defined, you can't explain it. Obviously, it's very hard to delegate it. So I guess one of the key takeaways is 
start building processes before you think you need them because they make your own life easier, but it's obviously the prerequisite to hiring as well. Yeah, so, I like to think um, of it like a house and you're building a house. You have to have those systems and processes in place. That's the foundation. And then when you get to the pain point of needing to delegate, you can then do that. And I promise it's going to make your life so much easier when you can hand off a standard operating procedure of how something should work to your executive assistant or online business manager. And they have it right there documented for them. They don't know exactly what to do. Training is so much faster. So starting with getting that foundation in place of the systems, mm -hmm. it's a game changer. So I'm curious, how did you even get into this place where you're so excited about systems and processes, working with entrepreneurs to simplifying their business, organizing this? Can you share a little bit more about your background and your journey to this point? Yes, absolutely. So I actually used to work in corporate. So I was the executive assistant to the chief digital officer of a multi-million dollar company. I eventually wanted more freedom and flexibility in my life. This was back in 2017, pre-pandemic, pre-remote work being the norm. And so I stepped out and started working as an executive assistant freelance for some high level mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. So I was able to be remote and could work from anywhere, but still being serving and being an EA. So in doing that, I actually had a lot of, I guess, like my clients peers come to me and say, Hey, can you do for me what you do for this person and <laughs> so forth. But it eventually got to the point where I was like, I can't take, I didn't have the bandwidth to take on that many clients. And there's a lot of context switching that happens because when you're serving more than one client, there's just like, everyone runs their business a little bit differently. So um, mm -hmm. I eventually got to the point where I couldn't take on that many clients and didn't have the bandwidth. So I started an executive assistant, an online business manager matching program, because I knew a lot of other EAs and a lot of other OBMs who were freelance, and they were looking for clients. And these clients over here, my clients, mm -hmm. peers and colleagues were looking for amazing EAs and OBMs but they didn't know where to find them. So I started in the beginning, just like connecting them and matching them together. The high level OBM, not just the VA, but the high level strategic thinker and started connecting them. And I had this like aha moment of there's something to this. I think I can make this connection. So I turned that into a business and started doing the EA and OBM matching. I mm -hmm. stepped away from being the EA myself and instead running the business. But as we were doing this, when I was, I was having those client calls that were like, Hey, okay, we're going to bring you an EA, someone who's really high level can help you in all the areas that you need. You let us know what you need. We'll go find that person. As I was having those phone calls with those potential clients, I was asking them questions like, okay, tell me about the systems you have in place. Tell me about the processes, because if we're going to delegate things to this individual, we need to have standard operating procedures in place. Mm -hmm. And I kept getting the same answer over and over, which was, it's all in my head. I don't have any documentation and I don't, mm -hmm. what do you mean these SOPs? What are you saying? <laughs> I don't have the processes, the workflows in place. And yeah. so 
that was another aha moment for me of, well, what if I helped you put those in place so that you can then delegate them to that person? I think there's a step missing here. The foundation really needs to be laid first of getting these workflows and systems in place. And then let's put a pause. Let's put a pin on hiring your EA. As soon as we get this in place, you'll have SOPs to then be able to hand off to your new online business manager or EA. So that's how I became... I don't know, super passionate about systems and processes and just really seeing the huge change it had and positive effect that is made on these business owners. Yeah, love that part of the story. And I'm so glad that you exist and fill that <laughs> void from these conversations that you kept having with these entrepreneurs. What are the most common challenges that they face other than not having anything written down. I'm just wondering, are there certain aspects of their business or processes that tend to be missing more often? Because I assume they may have been thinking, oh, it's all in my head. And then when mm -hmm. you actually say, okay, write it down, they realize, oh, I actually don't have a process for it. And so do you see certain areas where they're really lacking that impact efficiency and productivity? And the next question thereafter is what should entrepreneurs focus first in terms of building these processes and systems? Well, these are some fantastic questions. <laughs> I see mm. a lot of missing processes, to be honest with you. And a lot of businesses run very differently. So there's never two businesses that I've ever mm -hmm. seen that run identically the same. They just don't. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. You can run it how you want to. So some big systems that I see missing is project management. They just really keep the clients and their project management like all in their head as far as the process where it's, oh, I need to send them this onboarding thing or I need to send them this. It all just happens and they're just winging it. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm -hmm. most people are just winging it is what I'm seeing. So having a good project management system is key. And then the other thing that I've seen most is file organization is a mess. They aren't using like a cloud software program to keep all of their files because you don't want to wind up in a situation where your computer crashes and you've lost all of your documentation and those files. And that's just like absolutely heartbreaking. So using a cloud software program is crucial. And then also keeping it concise. Use just one. You don't need to use Dropbox and Google Drive and also have files on your computer just use one and then let's get it all organized really, really well. So my rule of thumb is when you hop into your cloud software program, your file organization, you should be able to find the document or file photo, whatever you're looking for within two minutes or less. And you'll be able to find, otherwise you're wasting precious, precious time just searching <laughs> for a document. And if you just add up all that time and you're like, I just was looking for this file. So. I'm laughing because I see two scenarios. One <laughs> that has an organization level of one level, everything is in one folder, and I spend two minutes looking for that one file. And then I have seen other people, they have 29 subfolders, and it <laughs> takes them two, two minutes to get to the folder where the document is. So I think it has to be somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. But I agree from working with so many clients that it's almost like their mental state, you know, how their brain is organized, mm -hmm. that's how their files are organized. So either you are very clear in your brain and in your file management, or it's the other way. And so I think your online file manager is probably a reflection of 
how organized you are in your brain about your Absolutely. business. Absolutely. So those are like two big ones. And then, okay, well, I'm also going to add in another one. I just can't help it is email. Y'all email is out of control. Like I saw someone with 23,000 unread emails. I just was like, so have your email under control. Otherwise, I don't know about you. You're not, you're just going to want to, it just feels very overwhelming just to like open that inbox. and like, well, It's 24,000 now, 25,000. Let's see how high we can get that number. Like, just use your email as a tool and don't let it control you. But because um, mm -hmm. otherwise it can cause overwhelm and you don't want to open it. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest theme from my perspective and from previous guests on the show, mm -hmm. like Laura Salia, is we have a finite amount of cognitive reserves every day. And if you blow it on sifting through all the emails that you don't have to sift through. If you have files that you can't find, mm -hmm. it's needlessly zapping your cognitive reserves and then getting the important stuff done. So I can totally see that bringing somebody in that can clean house clean and say, this is what needs to happen. So how do entrepreneurs identify the areas in their business that would benefit most from improved organization and systemize Is it a very simple way for people to realize it? Or is it really that when you talk to people, your clients don't even have an idea that they're not organized? Or do most people know they're not organized? That's a great question. Most people know. Most people know that they're not organized or it's not their gifting, right? Or something that they're specifically great at. It's usually, you know, they're great at something else over here and they're not so great at the organization and all of that. And so it, most of the time they know. And so one of the things I do is I'm like, tell me about your pain points. And so I think it really starts there is like where you feel your biggest pain mm -hmm. point. I sometimes have people say, I dread opening my email and it's really painful for me because I just get really overwhelmed. It makes me anxious. I know that there's so much that is in there that I need to tend to, but where do I even begin? Like we've got 500 or 23,000 unread emails. It's such a big pain point and it causes them anxiety and stress. And well, let's nick this. Like it doesn't have to cause that for you. And mm -hmm. so most of the people, they really know what their pain point is and where the disorganization lies. Once we start accomplishing the bigger pain points that they feel and they know right off the bat, then it's really that domino effect of, Well, let me pry a little bit and let me get into here and let's talk about the disorganization over there. And that's when there can be some of those like aha moments of, I didn't even realize this could be cleaned up or happen automatically. It's like the Marie Kondo of business processes, yes. making sure that everything is neat and tidy. We both talked about your matching services, but I know you also have You're also working with other entrepreneurs on just foundational program to take them through, okay, here's all the areas in your life and in your business that you need to clean up. Because as you said, you see the same thing over and over again. So mm -hmm. can you talk more into that and share what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So I love to work one-on-one -on -one with clients where they say, essentially is, I know that I need to clean up and create some organization efficiency systems and processes, but... I don't even know where to begin. Can you just guide me? So I love to do one day and it's usually just a couple hour like intensives with folks. And so what we do is we have a Zoom and we talk through, they screen share with me. We talk about their pain points, all of that. 
afterwards, the screen share again and walk me through and we talk about their business and all the details, right? So we do that for a couple hours. Afterwards, what I do is I put together a full assessment of what's working, what's not, what can be improved, how to improve it, and all of those details. And then I hand it off to them. They can either make the changes themselves, which I'll be honest, rarely happens because they do not have the time and capacity to make all those Mm -hmm. updates and systems and process changes themselves because they are focused on over here, what they do best, not usually their strength. The other option is if they don't want to or can't do it themselves, we actually have a team of implementers on my team. So I handle the strategy and I work directly with my team of implementers to make the changes in their business for them. And it's a project. We get it accomplished. We set you up for success and let you go on your way. And of course, if you need continue like one-on-one help, we can do that. We can stay on board, keep things tidy and everything. Awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners, at least in the health and wellness arena, if you're listening to this, we'll put a link to Chelsea's calendar in the show notes so that you can connect with her and explore what that would look like. Because I believe any minutes that you're not spending on where your true gift is, your healing powers, etc., it's mm-hmm. probably better spent on being more organized and having somebody like Chelsea's team help out. I'm curious from one techie to another one. I'm curious about your top five or 10 tech tools, because I know obviously we're living now in an online world. Everything is remote that I guess there's the shift from local desktop tools to being online. And obviously that's why online OBMs, Mm -hmm. online business managers are able to help you virtually. They don't have to be in your own town. They don't have to be in your office because everything is now in the cloud which is good from a security perspective as well, that computer meltdowns will not Mm -hmm. affect your livelihood. Again, on a tangent here, a couple of years ago when there's big flooding in New Jersey and everything was underwater, there were so many people, businesses that had their file cabinets in the basement, all the documentation gone from 20 years. And this is when you realize having a digital business, having everything in the cloud is definitely peace of mind and ensures business continuity. So Chelsea, what are your top tech tools or things that Chelsea can't live without? Oh gosh, I have so many, just a few of them. Trello, it's my project management tool for my business. We keep everything in there for just running my business itself, but also for clients. We have boards for Mm -hmm. them and organization for them. So Trello, my entire life is in Trello. I tell you, even my personal life, keeping (laughs) things organized at home and I like share boards with my husband. Yes. Trello for sure. My team communicates on Slack. And so Slack is really crucial for us. It's a great communication tool that we love. I also have been using actually something that's native on my Mac lately. It's a text expander and it's a shortcut that allows me to type in like a short phrase or a few letters and then it auto populates the entire link or paragraph for me. So that is really helpful. It just prevents you typing the whole thing out over and over and it just creates that automation. You can even do it like with your VA, EA or OBM where they can populate those things for you. And you use a tool called Text Expander. So they have it built in on a Mac and it also goes automatically to your iPhone if you have that as well. Or you can use Text Expander and that works too. That's crucial for me. 
chat GBT is also been something that we have been playing around with and using more and more, especially for folks that are in the EA world and are working with clients. They're finding even more uses for chat GPT. We're still just like playing with it and learning, but it's really impressive. And I know that you (laughs) use it as well. It's pretty cool what Mm -hmm. you can see accomplished through that. What other tools? Google Drive. I love me some Google Drive and just the Google Suite in general. Like Mm -hmm. my business like is all in Google Suite, Google Drive, which is really cool because I can essentially operate it anywhere. If I'm without my laptop or if I'm on the road or anything, everything, I can access it from my phone. So that's something that I love as well. Just being able to access things from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Those are just a few. I'm curious about Slack. Are you using it also Slack channels with your clients or is it just internal? And if an entrepreneur wants to use it in their organization, at what point does it make sense to move into Slack? That If you have one person, is that the point where you start with Slack? Or would you say people need to have three to five people on a team before it makes sense? I think you could even have as little as one person on your team. I think identifying how you communicate with your staff is really important. So for me, I have this rule of thumb and like boundary in place because like when you work and your home is so integrated, it's hard to put those boundaries. So one of the boundaries I've put in place for myself is my laptop is all for work and my phone is for personal use. So I personally don't like to text my team or anything like that. We use Slack. So we all internal communication is done through Slack, but also my one-on-one clients that I work with and I, how I explained that we do like the projects of creating the organization for them. And we have implementers on our team. We actually invite our client into our Slack workspace. That way we can communicate with them directly there. We can show them like Loom videos. Oh, Loom is another amazing tool that I love. We can show them Loom videos and walk them through things that makes it so much simpler and more efficient than emailing back and forth. Because if we have a simple question on login details or how something is organized, sending an email with a one sentence, I'm like, it's a waste of an email. So We like to communicate with clients directly in Slack and it just makes things a lot more efficient. So I really do think even if you have one team member or if you have five or 10, communication in Slack is wonderful. And then I like to organize my Slack based on channels with topics of conversation. Have those categories of conversation and create those as channels. That way, like nothing ever really gets off topic. And if it does, let's just move it to the other channel. Yeah, no, all the tools that you mentioned are we using as well. Trello, we've tried it. We're now using Asana still. So we started up in Asana, went to Trello, went to Airtable, went back to Asana. And it's just Mm -hmm. like moving in EMR. You only want to do this once. So it's really (laughs) painful. But whatever system you pick, it's better Mm -hmm. than having none. And then Mm -hmm. let's go back to Loom for those that, you know, in the year 2023 don't know why do we all love Loom? I personally have probably created 238,000 Loom videos by now in our agency. But for those listeners that don't know what Loom is, can you explain why you love it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I will also say it's really wonderful for creating standard operating 
procedures. So the reason why I love Loom is whenever I'm talking with my team or I'm wanting to show someone how to do something, rather than asking and the back and forth of trying to get them on a Zoom call and everything like that, I can just record my screen and I can talk and show them exactly what I'm doing on my screen, where my cursor is, where I'm touching, everything like that. And I can talk and walk them through so they share my screen and can see my screen. And I send that video to them via a link and then they can have access and they can see exactly what to do. And so I love creating those videos, the video like walkthrough through Loom using that tool to screen share. I love creating videos of certain steps in a process and putting a link to it in the standard operating procedure. Because some people yeah. are visual learners and so they're like, I know you're tight. I read it. I'm seeing what to do, but show me what to do. And so that's really yeah. helpful. And I think... The other thing that, you know, is probably worth mentioning is unlike so many other tools where you can record your screen and then the file sits on your computer, the beautiful thing with Loom is it's cloud-based. So you just hit a button in your browser saying, okay, either record a window or record my entire screen. And then it records it. And when you hit stop, it automatically is in the cloud and mm -hmm. you just get a link. And so it's like very easy that this back and forth, where's this file living? Where do I move it? You can password protect it. So mm -hmm. if there's sensitive information that you wanna share with folks, you can password protect it. So we're using it exactly for that SOPs. I know a lot of doctors use Loom to do walkthroughs of their patient's lab results and send that file prior to the actual report or finding call to the client. Again, you can password protect it. Okay. You can blur out certain things in the file to ensure there's no personally identifiable information in there. So Loom is a godsend. Let's yeah. talk about security. What do you do in terms of password management? Or if you have a distributed team, how do you ensure that the logins are protected? Great question. And it's something that's so important. Please don't share passwords via text or email or even in Slack, use a tool. So my team, we use LastPass. We've previously used 1Password before. There's a few others. Honestly, pick what works best for you. They're pretty great. And there's like several out there, just like the project management systems. There's Asana and Basecamp and Trello. There's so many. So pick what works for you and use it and run with it. We put passwords in there and even notes. I even put my driver's license and my passport so that if I ever need to access that information on the go. It's right there. I just pull it up on my phone, which is pretty cool. You can even take pictures of things and put it in there, like in LastPass as a password protected note, which is cool. So if you wanted to put like birth certificates for any reason or any important documents, mm -hmm. you totally could. So using that. So we use LastPass and we always send passwords through LastPass rather than, like I said, text or email. Please don't do that. So. Yeah. And the, the key feature there is really that clients can share passwords with your account and your team, mm -hmm. and only they can actually see the actual password. So they could share it anonymously that you would never actually know what the password is other than clicking on the button in LastPass and then logging in. And that makes it then very easy for a client saying, hey, this person doesn't need access anymore they can just revoke access and yep. then their accounts stay the same. Again, 
password managers also encourage folks to have different passwords for different sites, right? Mm -hmm. The biggest threat to your online account is, let's say your electric company gets hacked and then you use the same password for Instagram and LinkedIn and TikTok and suddenly all your social media account gets hacked. Why? Because you use the same password over and over again. So for mm -hmm. me, I have the most complicated passwords. Every password is unique. If I didn't have LastPass, I could not operate my life. So I don't know any Same. password for anything. I just remember my password for LastPass. That's the only one that I remember. Yes. Thanks for sharing this, Chelsea. One more question that I had is, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who may be resistant to implementing systems due to fear of losing their creative freedom, where they say, well, I'm an artist, I'm a creative, I don't want to be hemmed in by these systems. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? Or do you well, encounter you can always, that? Yeah, sometimes, but you can always pivot and adjust a system. That's the beauty of a standard operating procedure or a system that you put in place. If it's not working for you anymore, let's adjust it. Let's tweak it. Let's pivot. Let's adjust throughout like my process and my business. My goodness, like our processes are always like evolving. Or if mm -hmm. we're like, Hey, let's adjust that email template. We need to say it differently because we changed our process. Let's hop in there and tweak it. I think it's just so that you know that like you can always adjust and pivot your systems. But also when it comes to feeling like, I don't want to put these like the structure in place. It seems so permanent. That's where like you can always pivot, but also at the same time, like it actually gives you more freedom. Sounds funny, but like having the system in place actually gives you more freedom to be in that creative space because this is all running in the background. There's like a process You're not feeling like that overwhelm and stress anymore. So it, it's, I guess I know it sounds funny, but it actually does give you more of that create creativity and that space to have that without worrying about the process. And it's never too late. It doesn't matter if you've been in your industry or for 50 years, it doesn't matter. It's never too late to put the systems and the processes in place. Of course, we love to see them put in place foundationally in the beginning. But if that doesn't happen, it's never too late to backtrack and get them all documented and put in place. Well, perfect transition to the next part. Where can they find you? Obviously, we're going to put this in the show notes, but just for all our listeners, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. You can go to chelseabrinkley.com. That's my website. I'm also on Instagram if you want to see more of the behind the scenes and just honestly like daily life stuff. My username there is Chelsea Brinkley as well. So one of those two ways. And of course, on the website, there's links directing you to email me if you would prefer to email. There's a contact me section. So you can hop there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. Chelsea Thank you so much for sharing all these gold nuggets. As always, we end our show with letting the guests have the last words. What would your most important piece of advice be for anyone listening, anyone looking to create a more organized, efficient business and achieve the life they desire on their own terms? Gosh, I think it's actually something I've already said in that it's just never too late. I feel like sometimes there's that overwhelm of, well, I'm already like super experienced in my industry or my business. I can't backtrack now. I'm just going to keep on with the status quo of how we've been doing it. And so I guess it's just that it's never, ever too late. Well, thanks so much, Chelsea. And for everyone else listening, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 
I believe mastering persuasion is one of the most essential skills in life, and certainly in business, because nothing ever happens without a yes. Yet we can only effectively influence other people's decisions when we truly understand how the brain makes those decisions. Once you master the decision-making formula, your message becomes ever more clear and influential. Join us next week for our newest episode of Getting to Yes. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Iselo. See you next week.